Hi. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. That was, that was awesome. Uh, Christmas for me is complete. We just heard El, uh, Elnor and Noel. Um, that song crushes me. Um, so, so good. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, welcome here this morning. Happy to see all of you out. Happy to have you online as well. We're excited about that. I'm amazed to see everybody out on uh, such a cool and crisp day as it is today, minus 30 or so out there. So thank you very much for making the effort to be here. You know, um, I, uh, I'm not positive, but I'm fairly confident that the term fresh air originated with the early settlers and pioneers as they were writing home trying to convince others to come out here in the winter. And when asked about the climate, they said it was fresh, fresh air, great fresh air. I don't understand how else anyone would have come after the first winter. Brutal, minus 30. The older I get, the more I dream about sand, the less I dream about snow. And um, I'm too old to be cold. Pretty cool kids feature from Bruce this morning, eh? Um, amazing. I sit back and you listen to that story and, and it takes you right back to that time and, and that place. And, and what's more, amazing that he can remember all of that. Again, so nice to be young. <laughs> Those days are gone for me, but it, that was awesome. And um, we're... We're in a situation right now, a, uh, a couple of weeks, where we're going to be doing some standalone sermons. Uh, I'm going to be speaking this morning, obviously, and then Pastor Gord is going to be speaking next week. And we're going to do two dis- standalone sermons that sort of fit in with where we're going and where we've been, um, but they're, they're individual ones. And so this morning, I'm going to pick up on the scripture that Bruce used in his feature from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. And there, once more, we read, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Let's pray. Father God, this morning again, thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and focus on you and just consider you and what you're all about. Thank you for the chance that we have to know you through your son Christ. That we have this opportunity as well to consider our lives, where we're going with them in light of who you are and what you ask of us. And so this morning I would just pray that 
as we come together, that you would be here as well, working in our midst, that you would speak to our hearts and to our minds, that we would hear from you today, specifically in regards to ourselves. And I ask these things, pray them in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Just like that, Christmas is behind us. Once again, we're on the other side of it. We've been anticipating it. We've been looking forward to it. Now we're looking backwards on it. It's done for another year. For most of us, many of us, our gifts have been opened. The big meal's been had, or the big meals, plural, have been had. Maybe some of the company has already gone home. And for some, maybe we're already distracted looking forward to what's coming next. Christmas is over, but New Year's is around the corner, and I've already started to focus on that. Or whatever the next big celebration or event is on my calendar. But this morning, I would suggest to you that for Jesus, Christmas is never really over. And what I mean by that is that in Christ's mind, the meaning and purpose of Christmas goes on every day. The meaning and purpose of Christmas started long before Christmas arrived. And the meaning and purpose of Christmas continues to roll out every day. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. For Jesus. Verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The good news of Christmas is for all people. And so for Jesus, I think that that means then that the mission of Christmas doesn't change. It doesn't stop. It doesn't restart in 364 days. It is the same today as it was yesterday, and it is the same as it will be again tomorrow. Because Jesus came for all people. My question this morning then is this. Jesus came for all people. Who are you here for? Jesus came for everyone. Who are you and I here for? Today. Tomorrow. Now I'm going to quit talking for a minute. And I would like us all to take a few moments to just think about that. Who are we here for? Let's take a moment and look at our lives. Examine your priorities, your purpose, which is to say, what do you do every day? What fills your day? 
what are your priorities? What are your goals? What's your agenda? Who's your agenda? Who are you here for today? What does the evidence tell us as we stop and look at our lives and weigh that out? And if I can be so audacious, even before we get going, to push back before we answer the question. As you think about that, who you're here for, what we do every day, what our purpose is, as evidenced by how we fill our days. And as we answer with family and friends, can I ask, even before we start, how much of your family and your friends is really still about you? As much as we answer family and friends when it comes to the question of why I'm here, how much of that really is still about you? It's Boxing Day today. I want to live up to the term. Spar with you a little bit. Who are you here for? Let's take a moment and just think about that.
Now, if you can look at your life this morning and with some level of objectivity say that the evidence shows that you have a decent amount of focus on others in your life, then straight up, this message isn't for you. You have my permission at this point to just kick back, catch up on some of the sleep you've lost over the last 24 hours, let the last of that turkey digest, what have you. No sweat, no worries. For the rest of us, though, then let's carry on. You know, more and more I'm convinced that our biggest challenges as followers of Jesus Christ today is not our level of Bible knowledge. It's not our government. It's not our society. It's this. Our biggest challenge today as followers of Christ is that we've decided that our faith adapts to fit us. That I can claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ today and then in fact, he follows me. I don't follow him. I think that we've become come to the point where we've decided that our faith should conform to our lifestyle. That our faith should conform to my personality. That our faith should adapt and mold to my circumstances. And that my faith should accommodate my thinking. The way that I see life, my perspective. And in essence, really what we're saying then is that Jesus is responsible to fit us. That it's his deal to adapt to me. This morning, do we hear the absurdity of that honestly? today, that, that somehow God, who at the very beginning created this whole deal, put everything in place, designed it so that it fits and that it works, has been watching over us, holding everything together since that very first moment, continues to preside over it today, until all of a sudden we get to me. And now, instead of him being in charge, it's actually me that's setting the pace, setting the course. And he comes in line behind me. Because it's all about me. It's crazy. It's crazy when we put it that bluntly. But in essence... I think that's how so many of us live out our days. I look at my faith. I look at my faith. Which is to say that I hear Jesus saying what to do and what not to do and so on and so forth. And it becomes an exercise for me whereby 
I fit that into who I already am. Jesus says to do this, and I look at my life and I say, well, oh, okay. I can say that I'm doing this in this way. I can say that I'm doing this in this way. I don't have to change. I can make it adapt, make it conform to who I am already and what I'm doing already. And that thereby I'm okay when it comes to this faith in Jesus thing because somehow I'm already doing all that I'm asked to do. Rarely do we ever look at it and say, okay, on account of what Jesus says I should do or shouldn't do, then I have to change. That I have to adjust myself, my thinking, my circumstances, my lifestyle, my perspective. That I have to change me in order to live out my faith and to pursue the things that I'm called to according to my faith. We make our faith about ourselves. And here specifically then this morning, Christmas becomes good news not for all people. It's just good news for me. It ends with me. It reminds me of of the story of Cain Cain and Abel, the account of Cain and Abel. Back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, where Cain asked the question of God, am I my brother's keeper? But we really need to go back and and look at verse 2, starting in verse 2. And there it says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought forth some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will, not, will, you, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? We see Cain here making his faith in God about him. He looks at his life and he adapts his faith to himself. Jesus had called for requirements, offerings and so on. God has established his priorities, his plan. But Cain adapts them to himself. Okay, you want some 
sacrifices. I'll bring you some stuff out of my world. But it wasn't what God had asked for. And as he does that, as he faced, molds his faith into his circumstances, into his perspective, and so on and so forth, God's upset with him. And rather than actually even learning at that point, Cain goes the next step. He's angry. He's frustrated. Because Abel had done what was asked. And that had been accepted. And God's favor was on him. But rather than hear it, rather than understand it, rather than change himself, he just changed Abel. Took care of him. And then as God comes along and says, hey, where's, A- where's, where's Abel? Cain offers back this really snide remark to God. What? Am I, am I my brother's keeper? Now, this morning, maybe, maybe we're astute enough. Maybe we're cautious enough. <clears throat> maybe somehow, for whatever reason, we're not so bold or brash as to offer back a snide remark to God about, am I my brother's keeper? <clears throat> we know better than to do that. But we just quietly live it out. We don't say it. We just do it. We live out the question, am I my brother's keeper? Because we push ahead without any responsibility in our minds for others around us. Which is again to, to, to say, simple. Hey God, my faith is about me. It's about me. As far as I'm concerned, the good news came and ended with me. Christmas was yesterday. I'm busy planning for my next party, my next deal. In our minds, the mission is over. But it's not for Jesus. And it isn't according to Paul either. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, verses 13 to 15. <clears throat> Paul says this. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and everyone else. In this one little short section of Scripture, according to Paul, in very real and tangible ways, we are our brother's keeper. That according to our faith, we have an obligation, a duty, a responsibility to others. 
that life doesn't just end with me. That we have to reach out beyond ourselves to be involved and to expend our lives on behalf of and for the sake of those around us. That according to our faith, our lives are not about us. According to Jesus, Christmas is for all people and not just me. And in fact, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 28, 18-20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, on that basis, because I have all the authority, I'm telling you this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Christmas was yesterday. But the mission goes on today. The good news was for all people, not just for me. And therefore, I am called in my life to live differently today because of what happened yesterday. I have to take a look at my life because of what happened yesterday. And understand how I need to live going forward for others and not just ourselves. These, these passages are so definitive. I don't think I even have to belabor this this morning. We can look at our Bibles and we can see it so clearly that our lives are not about ourselves. That Christmas is for all people. Not just me. And so the question remains, who are you here for today? Who are we here for today? I'm excited that as we get serious with God, that we will see him work in our hearts and in our own lives in such a way as it will change who we are. It will change what we do. And it will change where we go. And that we can live up to the mission now. That you and I too can make Christmas good news for all people as we follow God into the year ahead. Let's pray. Father, this morning again, I just pray, God, that Christmas for us would be maybe just a bit different this year. That beyond the fun that we've had, 
beyond the presence that we've given, that we've received. Beyond the food, beyond all the activities, beyond even our family and our friends. That you would help us to see that Christmas is about everyone. That you would lift our eyes up to a little bit higher horizon than ourselves. That we would be able to see Christmas kind of like you see it. Just a little bit better. Just a little bit clearer. So would you speak to us again? As we go, would you just kind of nurture us along in our hearts and in our minds to look at our faith and not adapt it to who we are. But rather, God, that you would show us how to change to fit it, to fit you, so that we could be like you. And I pray these things now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Hey, uh, once again, thanks for coming. Brave in the cold. Um, good news again. As we're going into the new year, Gord's starting it off, so 2022 is looking amazing. Don't miss it. I look forward to seeing you in a week.